Hello and welcome to another Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris, in which we discuss everything that's happening in football. But before we get to that, if you like what you're hearing, like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you're listening to us, with weekly podcast release on Mondays and Fridays. But as I said, I'm joined by Brad, and what a crazy two days it has been in the Champions League. It has been its usual crazy standard, but first I'd say happy International Podcast Day to you. <laughs> yes, as it is a very uh, small thing that not many people know about today, Thursday, the 30th of September being International Podcast Day, as we uh, come up to nearly a year of us podcasting. Yeah, that year anniversary is a bit weird. <laughs> it feels like we've still been doing this since last week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, right. if anything, unlike the rest of the country, I'm fueled up and ready. <laughs> Definitely so. That's a very good uh, joke. Um, there's just so much to talk about from this Champions League match day just uh, gone, and there's only one place we can start. Old Trafford, Man United, Villarreal on Wednesday night. The man, the myth, the legend who became the record appearance maker in Champions League history, making his 178th appearance last night for Manchester United. Not 178, came to United. Cristiano Ronaldo scores the winner in Fergie time. You couldn't write a better script for United fans, could you? He saves Ole Gunnar Solskjaer once again. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Are we just going to ignore how bad United were for the first 60 minutes? Or? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was about to get into that. I was going to say for that first 45, 60 minutes, Villarreal were a lot, lot better than Man United and should have scored more than they did if it wasn't for a fantastic performance from David De Gea. They were really put under the cosh that first hour, like you say. Um, they grabbed the goal just after half-time with Paco Alcatha scoring the goal to give Villarreal the lead, which I believe is the first goal in regulation time in the, what, the last six or seven meetings that these two sides have faced. Didn't they both score in regulation time in the Europa League final? No, I thought that was extra time, was it? I can't remember. Yeah, it was or was that a nil? <laughs> was it? Yeah, no, I remember it's more than you. It's been that long ago, I can't seem to remember it. The Europa League final and... You blocked it from your memory, that's why. Exactly. Um, but yeah, they thoroughly deserved that lead and you would have expected them to have built on it a bit more, but United drew level with a beautiful goal from uh, Alex Tellish. Uh, his first goal for Manchester United and he won't get much better finishes than that in his time in a Red Devil shirt. No, you could bank up for your... Defending abilities if you get to score goals like that. Hmm. When I saw it, it reminded me of um, not the same, uh, like it didn't end in the same corner, but uh, Luke Shaw's goal against Everton in the league a couple of years back when the ball came over from the right and he just like caught it on the volley and smashed it. Uh, top bins, I think that one was. But yeah, uh, lovely goal for Tellis. Yeah, look, it's all nice and well, but all I've seen are headlines like, oh, the Ronaldo, it's brought back the glory days, all those amazing memories for Manchester United fans. 
we, we're going to ignore how shit they were for the majority of this game. <laughs> Just, it doesn't matter though, does it? But it should. You can be a poor. It literally what? sums up a whole lot of Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer's reign as manager. Hey, I don't care. We can play the most boring, useless football as long as we get the result at the end of the game. That's all that matters. Do you know what and we're going to do? That's all that should matter in football. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to claim what? what was trending last night all over Twitter, and that is Moments FC. Because <laughs> that is exactly what Manchester United have become. Well, it all counts at the end of the day. United get their first three points of the Champions League campaign and you just it's one of them many people will dissect it and say like you were saying United were poor did they really deserve to win it but you've got to uh, play the full 90 odd minutes or 96 97 minutes as it is in football nowadays because you usually get about five six minutes of added time at the end of the game and United did so and Yes, it may not be the best, but three points is more than playing the best football because, admittedly, let's be honest, if you look across Europe, Diego Simeone's side never play the most attractive football, and yet he doesn't seem to come under too much scrutiny for it. Solskjaer just grinds out the results when it's needed, and he got the result uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah, look, obviously you take the three points. Of course, take the three points, the performance will never matter in that situation. But it's just another example of how Ollie's got on away with another one of his terrible game managements. It's not, because who did he bring on in the 89th minute? He brought on yeah. Jesse Lingard, who provided the assist hmm. for F- the winner. Funny that he didn't do that Saturday, it's though. Perfect really, management. Well, Saturday's a different day. So, well, he could go now, nearly. But um, it's a different. It's a different day, but if we can keep Saturday in the conversation, because are we going to bring the same energy with that last goal that we did with the Courtney Horse header? They were because it's Jesse Lingard outside. Nope. Hmm. Please do explain why he isn't then. A, because he's not making an attempt to go for the ball. B, he gets tripped up, and C, he's not blocking the eyesight or the line of the keeper to see the ball so the keeper can make a perfect attempt of getting it. If he, say, when the ball came from Ronaldo's foot, Lingard flinged his foot towards the ball, then I would say, yeah, he's offside, rule that out. But because he doesn't make any movement, he's on the floor and gets tripped up. There's nothing you can do about that in that position. Where with the one at the weekend, Ollie Watkins is blocking De Gea when Horst headers it. Are you sure? I could have swore you were describing the exact same thing. But, <laughs> you know, you've only seen the angles that you want to see. Yeah, and you've seen the ones you want to see as a Villa fan. You're gonna I've seen every single awesome. angle, trust me. This whole incident at the weekend has been forensically analysed by everyone. Dermot Gallagher's there on Westwatch saying, oh, we've probably got to give it off some way, you know. But can we have the same energy with this one then, please? For me, that's not offside. There's nothing Lingard could do in his position to get out of the way of the of ball. Of course, Ali didn't have anything to say about it at the end. There's no question marks over it being offside or not. Was there not? <laughs> uh, Literally, you're the only person I know that's questioned whether that goal should have been ruled out or not. 
Oh, you clearly avoided Twitter last night then. <laughs> well, I didn't see anything come up on my social media anyway. But anyway, enough about uh, the complaining. United got their first three points thanks to a late winner from Cristiano Ronaldo. Elsewhere in the Champions League this week, we'll head overseas. Head to Paris, shall we? PSG Man City. And one man has finally scored his first goal in Parisian colours. And it's not Idris Aganage who scored the opener for Paris Saint-Germain. But, uh, this man always scored bangers. How did we, Sally? Why did... Did he leave from you to go to PSG or was it Everton he left from you to go? Basically, he was... We were the first club that he sort of got a name yeah. with. But then, of course, we got relegated and he went yeah. to Everton. And then he had some good performances there, and then the PSG transfer just happened yeah, randomly. that was uh, a really strange one at the time when I saw him join PSG. I was like, hang on, why on earth uh, have they signed him? It's not like a player you'd expect them to sign, but he's worked really well uh, in that PSG team. And like you said, he always scores a banger. I swear that's like the second or third like long-range stunner that he's scored this oh, year. 100%. He always seems, like you say, he always seems to be doing it. But the man of the hour, Lionel Messi, finally scores his first goal for PSG, and what a goal it was! It was lovely. I mean, it's just typical Messi goal, it was, isn't it? Yeah, just him and Neymar working as seamlessly together as we know they can. Yeah, and then that pass into Mbappe for the assist, lovely layback from the Frenchman. And then nothing uh, Edison could do in goal for Manchester City to try and keep that out. It's just one of them where you could literally dive in at it full force, but messy shots sometimes are really unstoppable, and that was one of those. It was as top bins as it gets. Um, I think I read somewhere where it's now he scored 27 goals in 35 games against Premier League times, which is just incredible. Yeah, I was gonna say, if there was a game I thought he would do it, it would be this one. He just always seems to have a thing of scoring against English clubs. Not yeah. much in England, but he can do it against English sides. Yeah, I mean, I think he scored against every English side he's played against. Spurs, Chelsea, City, United, Liverpool and Arsenal. He just knows where the goal is and, like you said, he may have struggled on English soil, but... Back in, obviously, he spent the majority of his career in Spain at Barca. He knows how to find the back of the net, and it's obviously a huge sigh of relief for him and for uh, Mauricio Pochettino's side that he has finally got his goal and the burden's now off his shoulder to say, oh, okay, does he now have to still improve himself? Because it's one of them where I always say, with players like Ronaldo and Messi, you just can't ever write them off. Yes, Messi's had a slow start to life as a PSG player, but he will still score the goals. And Ronaldo as well, yes, he may be 36, and um, he's not going to score the crazy goals like he always used to do in his uh, first stint at United and early in his Real Madrid career, but he will still score the goals that he is needed to score. Yeah, it's all fallen well, but... We got more interactions with putting Lionel Messi in a tweet than we did with Cristiano Ronaldo, so Messi's my goat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Messi tweet that we did was absolutely incredible. Like, the amount of interaction that got, I mean... I can't claim it, it was yours. So. <laughs> yes. It's been seen over 17,000 times since I've 
Oh, we're ready to start bragging. <laughs> which is just absolutely incredible. But you're getting a bit uh, stay- Calm down. <laughs> yes, uh, staying with the Champions League, we'll head over to Turin, where Juventus played the Champions League winners Chelsea, and it took all of ten seconds into the second half for Juventus to be one 0 up, thanks to Federico Chiesa scoring the sole goal of the game. Do we just do, do we see one Juventus in Europe and then one in Syria? <laughs> Is this how it's going to work? It, it just seems to be that way. Like they're slowly starting to get there a bit in the league now, but Europe they just they know what to do. I mean, two wins out of two, scored four goals in their games, and they look as deadly as ever in uh, the European competitions compared to, like you say, how they've started this season uh, in the league. Mm. But the problem seems to be with Chelsea. Well, it's not a problem. It's a concerning little thing because it's very rare that we see them lose back-to-back games. Mm. Um, also, Lukaku had a another quiet night, you'd say. I mean, going up against uh, Leo Bonucci was never going to be an easy task for him, but um, it was a really hard 19 minutes for Lukaku to try and deal with um, the top centre-backs, which we've said uh, already, like he struggled against Van Dijk, uh, Ruben Dias at the weekend, just gone, now Benucci. Is this going to be Chelsea's downfall at times this season if Lukaku can't beat these so-called bigger uh, name defenders? Yeah, they will want to hope that they don't start having a problem with them just just being over reliant on one yeah. striker because we saw it last season they didn't have a striker scoring goals and it didn't damage them because they were they were too good defensively to lose games. But if your defence isn't going to do the job, then you've got to find the goals and how the goals are drying up. Yeah, it's uh, a bit problematic now for Thomas Tuchel. Yes, it's only two games like you said that they've lost and Lukaku hasn't scored in. But it's when this drags over the rest of the Premier League season and the Champions League, it's going to be a bit hard for him and uh, Chelsea if they can't find him to score goals. It's just something to think about. Definitely so. And finally, the other English team that we are yet to mention, Liverpool. Absolutely cruise past FC Porto, beating them 5-1. Robert Firmino scoring a brace, Mohamed Salah scoring a brace, and Sadio Mane also getting on the score sheet, which Denfrey always seems to love playing and scoring against FC Porto in recent years. What is it about Porto that they just can't turn up against Liverpool when they would do against any other English team? I, I, I don't know. Like You always see them against any other English team, like you say, and they do really well or put up a good fight, and then Liverpool play, and you're like, they're always scoring four or five goals, and you're like, hang on, lads, how have you managed to do this? No other English team can seem to do it. It's a bit of a baffling one. No one can really sum that up, but it was a good night for Liverpool. Yes. Um, and uh, penultimately in the Champions League, there's a new sheriff in Spain, and it wasn't Real Madrid this week. <laughs> uh, just what a shock. Is this the biggest shock in Champions League history? Florentino Perez modded. <laughs> it's just absolutely incredible to see. 
First time ever in the Champions League. First small Dover side ever in the Champions League. They're, I think, 27 years old. And they've won their opening two games of the Champions League. You've got to take your hand, hats off to Sheriff Tiraspol. Yeah, if anything, I need this music behind me for what we need to start saying. Ramadan and in the mud, you like to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, disappointing evening for Carlo Ancelotti's side. Um, losing it right at the death, thanks to Sebastian Thill with a lovely goal uh, to give Sheriff the three points. And what a goal it was. That goal is going into many, many compilations <laughs> come the end of this season. Yes. That, that, that so. goal is the kind of goal you're putting in the intro feature of the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, another assist for Cristiano and Adama Traore for this Sheriff side. Uh, who thought Cristiano would ever go back and haunt Real Madrid? <laughs> and finally, the Wolves have actually put a have... bid for this Adama Traore as they want, and they can actually finish. <laughs> Well, let's hope this one would actually do well at Wolves compared to the other one, like you said. Um, finally, though, we have to talk about the other team from Spain. And no, I don't mean Atletico Madrid. Barcelona. Well, like I say, there is Atletico. <laughs> like that moment was pretty mad in itself. But yeah, back to oh, yeah. destroying Barcelona. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They need I don't think even he could save them. No. 3-0 loss to Benfica. Darwin Nunez scoring a brace. Rafa Silva scoring the other. Playing the final couple minutes with 10 players due to Eric Garcia getting his second yellow. Now winless in their last five Champions League games. Is the end nigh for Ronald Koeman? Yes. <laughs> There's just no... No still through with like, yes. He's going to be sacked and- Probably this week, if the reports are correct. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Kuman. I think he'll still be there this weekend, but if they lose this weekend, I think it, it will be the end of his time at uh, Barcelona. Goodness, I'm sure this week's game is very easy. Oh no, it's at Mexico, dude. Yeah. Luis Suarez is going to be the reason Coven gets sacked when he destroys them at the weekend. No, no, no. Suarez scores and then Antoine Griezmann scores a 90th minute penalty that really would just be the final nail in the coffin (laughs) wouldn't it actually Griezmann no Griezmann no they did sign him yeah I thought the loan roles were different for some reason I don't know no Uh, plus I think most teams in Spain allow you to play your loan players compared to the uh, England but yeah, it is absolutely grim times at the new camp and it's getting even worse with this Champions League feat. Uh, a quick roundup of the other scores that happened. Atletico Madrid left it late to beat AC Milan 2-1 with Luis Suarez scoring a penalty in the 97th minute. Bayern Munich put five past Dinamo Kiev with Serge Gnabry, Lewandowski scoring a brace, Sane and Eric Chupamoting with the goals. And... Um, Zenit put four past Malmo in the other game in the Chelsea group. So it's all to play for as we get ready to hit the halfway stage later on uh, in October, I think the next set of matches is, mid-October. 
after the international break yeah and i suppose the international break is the perfect segue for the next news yes and england have announced their squad for the upcoming international games uh mid-October in like two weeks time is it or a week and a bit something like that I mean we don't think we need to go for the full score considering the usual names are in there it's mainly just the new additions yep so Fikayo Tomori of AC Milan has been called into the squad as a replacement for Harry Maguire who is injured Um, the length of Maguire's injury hasn't been disclosed but I think he is set to miss a few weeks and I think he will be coming back to fitness around the international break or afterwards. Um, Patrick Bamford has been dropped from it and Ollie Watkins has been called up. So you've got to be pleased as a Villa fan seeing Watkins in the squad. It's nice, but even I have to admit that I was slightly surprised by that one. Yeah. But it's one of them, though. If anything, I'm, if I can answer it with some more, it's nice to see him in it, but... I, Maybe it's just because I haven't seen enough of him, but I still think Ezra Kansa deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the striker front, though, if you don't take Ollie Watkins or Patrick Bamford, who would you put in there? That is, I think, his main dilemma for Southgate is who do you have as that other striker if you don't have them two in the squad? Yeah, Calvert Lewin's not delivered mm. recently, so I think people need to start calming now with him. Yeah. Danny Ings has looked okay for us, but he's not going to be long term, is he? No. Let's see. I don't try to think where the other options are. Wait, is there a name I'm forgetting? Tammy Abraham would be the obvious one. Yeah. Because he looks like he's doing okay in Rome. And Jose has himself come out and made that clear. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'd say, now that you've mentioned him, I'd say definitely uh, Abraham would be my pick. Um, obviously. When Rashford's fully fit, which should be in the next two, three weeks, if all goes well, he'd probably be in there as well. So it is a bit of a dilemma problem for Southgate. Can I throw a name into the hat as well? Mm-hmm. Cameron Archer. Too young just yet. Maybe in a couple of years we'll see Cameron in there. But yeah, um, the England games are against Andorra and Hungary, and they are qualifiers for the 2022 World Cup but it's now time to turn our heads to the preview part of this podcast as we have a full fixture list to look forward to in the Premier League this weekend with a couple of tasty games and we'll start off with the Saturday lunchtime game live from Old Trafford as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side welcome Everton in the 12.30 kickoff 4 versus 5th same points, only separated by th- three goals. It should be a very entertaining lunchtime kickoff. Could be. If any, if yeah, if anything, Everton need something from this, and they could get something from this. Yeah, I think for United. I, don't, I know Everton. Because I, I know with Everton, they've been slightly soured with injuries. I don't know what the situation is with that at this current moment in time, but no. I'd, I'd give them the chance if they had a Richarlison. Might come back, but who knows? Andros Townsend can carry them enough. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's been a resurgence in his Everton career, and it's uh, really good to see for Andros Townsend. On the United front, their main issue is obviously going to be a bit of tiredness due to the playing in the Champions League only on Wednesday nights, but they should be okay. 
Um, I don't expect to see a whole lot of wholesale changes from that game in uh, the weekend. Obviously, welcome back Aaron Wambasaka because he's banned from the Champions League rather than the Premier League. Other than that, uh, I'd expect to see much a similar lineup. And more over-reliance on Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, as long as he scores the goals and United get the three points, I'm not too bothered about. Um, another big game... One man. <laughs> another big game is on Sunday evening, which is the game that wraps up this weekend, and that is from Anfield as Liverpool play Manchester City. Two teams uh, at the top end of the table, the top two obviously. City will be hoping to get back to winning ways, obviously losing in midweek. Um, but this one, I think it's too close to even call. Cool. I don't know. I think the wiser look at this is: is this the game that Liverpool finally like, does it finally get put in everyone's minds that Liverpool are genuine challengers? Um, I think it is definitely if they get the right outcome. I think many people were saying, okay, this is a Liverpool team that can definitely challenge for the title, and they should be taken a bit more serious than what teams have, and people have been saying so far but at the same time I don't think you can discount them even if they don't get a victory this weekend No, just because I think it's too close yeah. and too early right now at this current stage but it'll still be an interesting watch even if it is the half full kickoff yes. guaranteed to be nil nil we always get let down with them kickoffs but uh, in the past these two sides we didn't last week though did we well yeah exactly <laughs> in, in fairness so uh, let's hope these two sides give us a very entertaining game to watch this weekend. Uh, elsewhere, as I say this, as I say this, the Sky Sports hype packages on my TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, elsewhere in the Premier League this weekend, we have Burnley versus Norwich, Chelsea, Southampton, Leeds versus Watford, Wolves, Newcastle are your three o'clock kickoffs, and then the half five game is Brighton versus Arsenal, also known as the Ben White Derby from now onwards. I'd say. Uh, you know what some of these pundits and papers will be like they'll all, all be hyping it up because he's returning to his old uh, stomping ground I'm pretty sure it's just you one. well yeah it probably will be and then on Sunday we've got three games kicking off at uh, 2 o'clock uh, UK time this is Crystal Palace versus Leicester Tottenham Aston Villa and West Ham versus Brentford uh, which promises to be a really good game I think to uh, good sides having great starts to the season 7th and ninth, respectively I think that could be one of the more entertaining games this weekend it is pretty nice but obviously my eyes will be more on my team when they come up against Tottenham so yeah um, he's hoping we don't become the charity that I know that we can <laughs> well yeah that is the main problem is Spurs are on a bad run of form but you, as a Villa fan, you know what you, you lot are like, and being the charity, it could be your downfall uh, and what Spurs need. Let's just think about this. Tottenham have conceded three goals in three straight games, and they have a striker who hasn't scored in so long and is in need of a confidence boost. Just settled perfectly, isn't it? <laughs> it really We're going to make them. We are going to make them look amazing. And I'm not ready for this. <laughs> It would be a massive lot, just slap in the face to me because we've shown we're good enough. I still expect us to come away with at least a point from this. 
Yeah, I would agree. I'd say I think a draw is definitely possible. And to be fair, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Villa win this with how Spurs are playing no, I don't in think recent weeks. My mind's not on us losing. Yeah. My mind is more uh, we'll draw and we probably should have won. Fair enough. Well, let's hope that uh, result goes your way this weekend. Right. Elsewhere around Europe this weekend, like you said, we have the big game in Spain, Atletico Madrid versus Barcelona on Saturday evening. Um, Atletico, fourth in the league, not at the best of starts uh, in La Liga, uh, trying to retain the title, but they come up against a Barcelona side who are just all over the shop. I mean, yes, they've started to... Well, their last time out in La Liga, they won 3-0, but they just haven't looked anywhere near as good. And I think this game could be an absolute thumping for them. Well, I, don't I don't want to commit it to say thumping. I don't think it'll be that bad, if I'm honest. But yeah, they need a boost. And this game would provide that. But it's almost a bit of a reliance on someone like a Memphis Depay to turn up. I don't think we've got Ansu yeah. Fati back as well, but that's a lot of pressure on a young kid. Yeah, who's playing his first football in, what, about eight, nine months, is it? Yeah, because he came out the weekend, scored in the first two minutes, and then played midweek, didn't do anything. Yeah. All so... he did was get mocked by Otamendi, if you sort of, because he was wearing number 10, Otamendi goes to him, are you Leah? <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> Just the poor kid. Yeah, that is... Not something you want to be seeing happening. Um, elsewhere in La Liga this weekend, Real Madrid travel to Espanyol on Sunday afternoon. Obviously, they'll be favourites for that game, seeing as Espanyol are down in 14th place. Over Pray for Espanyol Germany... because Real Madrid are going to be coming for blood. <laughs> yeah. Over in Germany this weekend, Borussia Dortmund host Augsburg on Saturday afternoon. At the same time, VfL Wolfsburg will take on Mönchengladbach. And uh, the evening game over in Germany is Leipzig versus Bochum. Uh, Leipzig will be hoping to get all points and move further up the table. And then on Sunday, Bayern Munich host Eintracht Frankfurt and Bayer Leverkusen travel to Arminia Pielfeld. So expect another Bayern cruising there. Over in France this weekend... PSG, they travel to Rennes on Sunday, uh, midday kickoff there. AS Monaco play Bordeaux, in which should be a very good game between the two sides. And it is the big one at 4 o'clock as Lille play Olympique de Marseille. In what should be a very fiery uh, meeting between the two sides. And finally, over in Italy this weekend... It is the Turin Derby on Saturday evening as Torino host Juventus. And we also have Sassuolo versus Inter Milan. And then on Sunday, we have two very good games as Fiorentina play Napoli and Atalanta play AC Milan. So plenty of good action to look forward to all this weekend across Europe, not just here in England. Right. Uh, I'll hand it over to you now to run the rest of the show. Just run the rest of the show. <laughs> Just take over. What you meant to say was it's time to play the greatest jingle in all the football podcasts. My word! That is quite something! I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! 
that jingle will never ever get old, will it? <laughs> Always the scream. And it, but I have the first story I want to start with because do you remember a couple of weeks ago when you talked about the Suriname vice president? Yes. Do you want to enlighten that whole situation? Because uh, yeah, I've forgotten the whole story. <laughs> so he owns the club in Suriname and they were playing a CONCACAF Champions League match and he uh, played himself and they he ended up playing 54 minutes and they ended up losing 6-0 and it's not the first time that he's done so but yeah when you're the vice president of the country and also the owner of the club the last thing you'd expect him to do is play himself but at the same time these weird uh, footballing nations it never does surprise me so what have you got for us this week well, then well I'm going to say because it's gotten weirder <laughs> If you've seen it this week, from ESPN, preferred story that CONCACAF have disqualified Suriname Vice President Ronnie Brunswick from participating in any related activities for three years after a viral video showed him allegedly passing out money to players of the opposing <laughs> team. <laughs> oh my god. There is a video online, we've not retweeted anything of it, but you find that if you want you to. <laughs> couldn't write this script could you oh lord uh, brilliant just when I thought Suriname's football couldn't get any weirder and this week it's gone and done it absolutely brilliant yeah and the only other story I have from what I've seen this week I'm trying to find it on my phone but can't do it but I'll remember it anyway it swords around the Premier League and COVID vaccinations if you've seen it this week about how they plan to reward clubs that have the most players I vaccinated I did see a story about that but I didn't read into it no me neither but all I can come from this is what reward would you actually give clubs uh, no idea uh, <laughs> probably like a million pounds I don't know I'm genuinely trying to think of what like incentive they could do. Like, uh, you can split like a million pounds between your players, and that gets like added as a bonus at the end of the season or something. So, if you get your vaccination, you get a percentage of this one million. I don't know. I don't know how viable. Just if it's one of the one of the clubs that went in for the Super League, you just go, "All right, lads, we'll reduce your fine." <laughs> well, yeah, that actually wouldn't surprise me with how things are going. With that whole Super League stuff, yeah, I just I give up with that whole thing because obviously yeah. there's no punishments coming. Exactly, or at least no proper punishments. Right, uh, predictions league time now. Yeah, if I could just add, I do finish, and we will get to it. I've just realised that the England squad that they somehow managed to not include Jude Bellingham and Mason Greenwood. Uh, what you call it? Greenwood wasn't included last time, so no, but, yeah, but the Bellingham one is. Is that that, yeah. that is baffling, surely? Actually, it is really strange. Um, Southgate has said, Jude at the moment has high level of matches. We have to remember these lads are grown. We have to be careful how we handle them. Is what he said on leaving him out. Mm. And you go, Raheem, you've played about 50 games in the last year. Yeah, <laughs> um... Man, that's a stupid excuse. But anyway, predictions league. Yeah, so let's hope we have a better week than we did last week as we got... No points. Well, I got one point, but that's because I beat you in fantasy football last week. So, 
let's hope for a better week for the pair of us. So what three games from the Premier League have you gone for us this weekend? Okay, well, the first Premier League fixture I've gone with is Brighton against Oof. Arsenal. Um, Arsenal, obviously, in a better vein of form recently, uh, sees themselves in mid-table. But obviously, Brighton probably been the surprise package to the season in the Premier League, sitting in sixth place. I think this game ends 2-1 to the Gunners. You may be slightly more confident towards them, but I am not. I think the run ends because I'm going to go for 1-1. Okay. Second game for us, what have you got? Game number two, another close one, but a good look trying to decide out of West Ham and Brentford. Oh, God. Um... Like you said, it's another close game. We talked about it a bit just in the preview of the Premier League fixtures. I think this is going to be uh, 2-2. I think there's going to be goals in it, and I think Ooh. it's going to be a really close game. Great minds think alike, because I've also gone for 2-2. Fair enough. Uh, bearing in mind, people, we don't confer these predictions beforehand. I'm literally finding out these for the... No, if you're a regular listener, it gets a bit disturbing at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm hearing these fixtures for the very first time, and I put my predictions in as we go through them, even when I'm predicting, uh, picking the six games. So the final game yeah. in the Premier League this week... And because that way, if I, just, if I could just add that, if I any Darren Brown favours that, I wrote these down yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the final game, is it the obvious one? Oh, it might be. It is if they use the obvious one is Liverpool against Manchester City. Yes, um, I'm gonna go one nil to Liverpool. Oh, that's that's quite bold actually. I think. Mm. I've gone one one. Okay, safe as house is there. So that's your second. Wait, are you just predicting draws all this weekend? Oh, I have, yeah. <laughs> at least three, just, yeah. I was about to say, I'm looking at the three games we've done and you've just gone with three draws at the minute. That, that's just pure coincidence. Okay, what are the three random The other seven got every wins. What have you gone for the three random games in this week? Okay, so one of them is in La Liga and it is Atletico Madrid against Barcelona. Um, For me, this ends 3-1 to Atletico. Gone slightly less harsh, I would say 2 1 to Madrid. Okay. Suarez to score both. Oof. I'm going to go with a Suarez brace and Griezmann to score, just to rub salt in the wounds. <sighs> Their wounds are already damaged enough. Yes. <laughs> the game five is Atalanta against AC Milan. <laughs> oh. This is going to be one that's going to be an absolute corker of a game. Um, I th- I'm going to go two-one to AC Milan. Again, we don't <laughs> know what we're writing with all this. I've also got for two-one AC Milan. Jesus. And the final game this weekend. What have you got for us? Slightly less closer one, I think. Maybe in the grand scheme, but I have gone for Bayern Munich against Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, I'm going to go 3 0 to Bayern. That's so close. <laughs> I've gone for 3 1 to Bayern. Oof. Okay. Um, 
not bad predictions. Uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting weekend didn't, in games. Didn't we say the same thing last week? Well, yeah, we did, but this time I'm actually hoping for something uh, a lot better because we can't get any worse than last week. Um, speaking of, have you made any changes to your fantasy team this week? Fantasy? Well, I've done what I said I was going to do. Bruno Fernandes is binned off of this team. Well, because of injuries, like Reese James was a concern as well, so I also got rid of him, costing me points. Mm. Mo Salah replaced Bruno Fernandes, because of course, why not? Yeah. But I've gone quite interesting with the defensive option. I've gone for Takahiro Tomiyasu. Very interesting. Man, the match performance last week. Maybe he'll deliver again this time against Brighton. Fair enough. Um, I've only made one change to my side. Um, that's obviously with the Luke Shaw injury. And I've brought in Southampton's Mohamed Salisu. Uh, although he's on the bench this weekend because they are playing Chelsea. And I don't want him to be conceding points if Lukaku goes on a goal score. So hmm. uh, I. The only thing that also slightly. I'm very unsure of. Do I captain Salah or Ronaldo? <laughs> Oh God! Uh, I've got Ronaldo at the moment, just because I thought, well, Everton. Yeah. More likely to score, and I don't know if Salah can replicate it against Man City, even though he probably could. It's Mo Salah. Yeah. But yeah, I'll see what I feel like. <laughs> see, I've captained Lukaku this weekend and put Salah as my vice captain, so I'm hoping that they can both get some points. But yeah, let's hope. Uh, we have a very good fantasy weekend right I believe that is the end of the podcast now I don't think we have any more talking points unless we've missed something which it's, I don't think we have no it's everything I've got right we've now run out of fuel yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back at the start of next week to wrap up all the Premier League action and all the talking points from around the world of football and like we said at the start make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from and follow us on twitter as well at Pod, and follow our personal ones which you can find in the description of every episode of the podcast and until next week it is goodbye from brad see ya and it's goodbye from me we'll see you soon <laughs>